Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is part two of Father's Day message, the role, the biblical role of dads. And we're looking at three aspects of being a dad. I don't know if you have ever had the opportunity to go to Yosemite Valley in California. I haven't been there, but I am told that is one of the most beautiful places on the earth. Now, as you go to the Yosemite Valley, you get there by going through a tunnel, which opens up to an awesome view of the entire valley. You get to see El Capitan, you get to see the Half Dome, and you get to see the Cathedral Rock. Right at that tunnel opening, there's a parking area where everybody is out of their cars and they're looking at the beautiful view, saying, oh and ah. Now, imagine as you drive through that tunnel, that all of a sudden as you emerge, all you can see is fog. No awesome view, just thick, gray, soupy fog. Well, that's what happens when you're going through life and you're looking at the culture. You can miss the beauty of God that's right in front of us because we're blocking out the view because there's this great fog of unbelief. It could be worries, it could be pride, it could be greed, it could be the pressures of our culture. You see, if we just go through the motions of worshiping God, it's like getting out of that car at that parking area, staring at the fog, and having no really great meaning in our worship. So what are we supposed to do? Now, if we wait on the Lord, and if we ask Him to lift that fog, and ask him to have that fog to begin to be breaking up in our lives, we will be able to see the beauty that Christ has for us as we worship him. I think about being a dad. Many dads, I think, are kind of walking around in a fog of confusion. They're looking at our culture, and our culture is telling us that we don't really need dads. Uh, dads just, they're just the sperm donors. That's all they are. They're not actually necessary as far as influencing the children and influencing what's going to happen. And, and that is a bold-faced lie. You know, in Yosemite National Park, there's a 3,000-foot wall of granite. It's known as El Capitan. It's long been a rock climber's dream. It's a daring dream to reach that top. Now, it used to take days to complete this with the aid of ropes and safety gear and a, and, a, and a couple partners. But this one particular man, on June 3rd, 2017, Alex Hanad, smashed all of those records, taking about four hours to summit Al Capitan without ropes, without safety gear, without a partner. Now, I don't recommend this for anybody, but. Hanal is a native of Northern California. He was 31 years old, but he started climbing at the age of 11. So he spent 20 years preparing for this climb. He left the University of California in Berkeley in order to conquer major summits around the world. He prepared for this particular climb of El Capitan for two years. While the climbing is certainly an extraordinary, physically challenging feat, at one point, 2,300 feet off the ground, there are these very small holes where it's only big enough for your thumb to fit. Hanal said that it was at that point 
that he had a mental hurdle that he had to cross. Well, he finally made it through. He finally climbed up that granite slab, 3,000-foot cliff, and he made it to the top. To walk up to the base of the climb without ropes, without harnesses, he says, it felt a little bit outrageous. Getting over that side was the hardest part of all. Now, as I think about this, maybe that's how you feel about being a dad. As, as I'm recording this message today, I am anxiously and with great anticipation expecting the birth of my second grandchild. Uh, it could be at any moment. It could be today. And I'm so looking forward to now having not only a grandson, but now a granddaughter. And uh, my daughter-in-love spent Father's Day with us, came to church with us, and then uh, she was out there playing wiffle ball with us on Sunday afternoon. And I said, she's trying to run this baby out. And uh, we had a blast. I'll tell you what, having grandchildren is such a fun part of your life. And so when we think about impacting the next generation, I'm going to spell out the word dad in the broadcast. We started yesterday saying letter D means that dad should be devoted to God. Letter A is that dads ought to be advancing in truth. And then number three, letter D would be diligent in leading. We're taking our marching orders today from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where Moses writes these words. These are the commands, the decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And now Moses, as he's writing this, realizes that for the last 40 years, he has been leading God's people in the wilderness. They are just at the brink of success, getting ready to go into the promised land. The only thing keeping them back is that Jordan River. Moses is not able to go into the promised land with his people, but he wants to give them his last instructions before the Lord takes them. And, and Joshua takes over command, and Joshua leads them into the promised land. He says, this is what the Lord has directed me. These are the commands that I want you to follow. And the reason this is so important is because this is for not just you, but it's for your children, their children after them, that they may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping these decrees and the commands that I give you. And if you do this, you will enjoy long life. Verse number three, hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, they're to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them down on the door frames of your houses and on your, your gates. What a wonderful passage of Scripture this is. God is giving us this opportunity to be devoted to Him. By be devoting to a loving God as a dad, we are protecting our family. And secondly, we are advancing the truth. Look at verse number six again. These commands that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Now, as we look at this, this is called the Shamia. This is the section where we are told uh, why 
who, when, what? You think about that for just a moment. Let's ask that question. What are we to do? We are to obey the commands, the statutes, and the rules. And now where are we going to do this? Moses says, in the land in which you are going. In other words, when God blesses you with prosperity, don't forget the commands of the Lord. Who are these commands for? For you, your son, and your son's son. So this is to be passed on generationally. When is this to be done? Just part of your life? Oh, no, no, no. All the days of your life. Why should I do this? So that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly. So there are four ways that we can advance the truth inwardly, and that is providing the truth. Now, I want to make a big deal about this because you cannot provide something that's not in your heart. Oh, you could fake it until you try to make it. But as you look at the four ways that dads provide, these should be things that are on our hearts. These are things that should be part of who we are. We're not just putting this on because our kids are watching us. This is who we are, whether they're watching us or not watching us. You see, when you think about the depth of a man's character, a man's character is who he is when there's nobody else around. It's not who everybody else thinks he is. That's your reputation. Your character is who you really are. And so we look at the four ways dad provides. Number one is we provide for our children and our family for their physical needs. Paul is writing to young Timothy, and he says, verse 75, 8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith, and he's worse than an unbeliever. Now, these commands that are supposed to be upon our hearts are reminding us that as a result of our faith, we are men who provide for our families. Paul says, especially for the members of his household. In other words, those who are under my roof, those who are part of my family. I am to care for them as an overflow of my faith. When I don't provide for my family, Paul says, you have denied the faith and you're worse than an infidel, worse than an unbeliever. So dads, work hard to provide for your families. Work hard for their physical needs. Now, I find that most dads, we don't have too much trouble with this first point, right? We don't mind providing for our families. We realize that God has given us good health and good strength and a good mind, and so we don't mind working, providing for the families. And in a few cases, maybe you need to work on this, right? But here's the second thing that's just as important as providing for the physical needs of our family. Number two is the spiritual needs. Now, I could spend a lot of time developing this. But Proverbs 23, 24 says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. So to get that phrase, the father of the righteous rejoices. In other words, he is right with God. So he is instilling that righteousness onto his children. And then his children becomes wise. And then the dad will be glad in him. Now, Developing the spiritual needs of your children begins very young. So I want to encourage you, if you are listening to me and you know the Lord, but you're not involved in a church, 
Listen, your children need to be raised in Christ and in the church. Too many people make a distinction between those two. I've had many men say, well, I'm trying to raise my children in the godly home, uh, but uh, we're not too interested in coming to church. That's wrong. And and then I have the opposite, that uh, where a guy says, well, I think the church takes care of the spiritual needs of my family. No, we come alongside you, and we help you, but we can't take your place. Did you know that if a dad is a follower of Christ, 93% of his family will come along and be a follower of Christ? So dads, take that lead, training your children, providing for them spiritually. Don't tell them they need to go to church. Bring them to church. And even our vacation Bible school, right? Our vacation Bible school has an adult component to VBS because we don't want just our parents dropping the kids off and not getting any spiritual training. We want them to come. And many of our parents are involved in leading VBS. We have over 100 adults that will be involved in leading our VBS this year. But for those who are not involved in leading, don't just drop your grandchildren off or your children off. You can stay. One of our elders will be teaching us a lesson throughout the week of our VBS. And so we believe that we have to have a holistic approach to meeting the spiritual needs of the family. And then number three, we talk about physical needs, spiritual needs, and number three, emotional needs. The psalmist said this, Psalm 103, verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Now, get the order of this verse. Look at how David writes this. David says, if I'm a dad and I'm compassionate to my children, then the Lord is also going to be compassionate to me as I revere him. In other words, if you're feeling like God is not very compassionate to you, it's because you're not being compassionate to your children. That's what the psalmist says. I discovered that the things that I think I need the most are the things that I should give the most of. Are you lacking money? Be generous, right? The generous soul shall prosper. Do you need some time? Well, give of your time. And I'm not talking about uh, not being a good steward of your time or not being a good steward of your resources. I've discovered that people that, that are best with their money and their time and their talents are always those who invest. When you think about money, Your money never can grow if you take all the cash and stick it under your mattress. No, your money only grows as you invest it. It doesn't grow by just sitting in a bank account getting less than 1% interest. It grows as you invest it. The same is true with meeting the emotional needs of our children. Be compassionate to your children, and the Lord will be compassionate to you. Meet the emotional needs of your children. Gary Chapman wrote that wonderful book, The Five Love Languages. You know, as I think about the five love languages, there are different emotional languages that your children have, that your spouse has. And so you should do well to understand that and understand that each child has a different bent to their personality and emotionally they're wired a little bit different. So as a father, show compassion. And I think about my kids and, and it's great now that my kids are all grown because now I, uh, I can talk a little more about them. When they were growing up, they always got embarrassed if I mentioned them in a sermon. But I I remember my son, Tyler, my oldest. Tyler was one of those kids that was very, well, shall we say, defiant. He would count the cost of doing something wrong, and then he said, oh, okay, now this one, 
<laughs> it's worth it. I'm going to go for it. Uh, maybe you've had a child like that, right? A strong-willed child, okay? Well, I dealt with him differently than I dealt with my daughter, Anne. Now, my wife has been accusing me of being a pushover when it comes to my daughter, Anne. And I tell people, I said, well, we have five children, uh, four boys and one girl. I only have one perfect child. That's my daughter, right? And so maybe she is a little bit spoiled or was a little bit spoiled. But I discovered that as Anne was coming along, I didn't have to, uh, to chastise her too often. Uh, occasionally, I did. Uh, not like the boys. Now, Tyler, uh, as a matter of fact, on Tyler, I could say on a little spanking stick that I had for him, I could write the words, I need thee every hour, okay? <laughs> he needed that constant reinforcement. He needed that board of education applied to the seat of learning. But my daughter, Ann, she was wanting to please me. And so all I had to do is just give her a stern look and say something like, Ann, you know, I'm really disappointed with you. And just that little phrase, she would fall apart. Uh, she would be devastated. It would take her a week to get over that little statement. Tyler, on the other hand, I could beat him within an inch of his life. And it's like he was going to still do what he wanted to do. So the emotional needs of your children. A father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. There's one other thing that dads provide for. Physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs, and then generational needs. Paul writes to young Timothy. Now, Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. And he says, 2 Timothy chapter 2, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, pass the faith along. Passing the faith along, my brother, passing the faith along. The next generation needs to see the faith being sent on to them. Paul says, as you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, now you entrust us with reliable people. They teach others generationally. So when we look at the role of a dad, we've talked about two things so far, two major things. Number one, being devoted to God. Number two, advancing the truth, passing that truth on. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts, and what's on your heart is going to be passed on to the next generation. And then number three, you are to diligently lead your family. And when that happens, it produces something. Hebrews 12, 7 says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? You see, diligent in leading your family means that as the dad, you are the primary disciplinarian within the home. Now, I know this is hard, right? Uh, because if you're like me, uh, I, I've never really... Uh, I've always been kind of a pushover with my kids. Uh, the truth be known, uh, my wife has always been much harder on those kids uh, than I have. But oftentimes she would tell our kids, uh, you wait till dad gets home. Dad's going to discipline you when he gets home. Now, as I think about diligence in leading your family, as much as I didn't want to be the strong disciplinarian, I realized I had to be, right? Because the Bible is very clear. 
whom the Lord loves, he disciplines or he chastises, right? So when you don't discipline your children, you're basically saying, I don't care about you. I don't care how you live your life. I don't love you. God is treating us as sons. For what son is there whom he, the father, does not discipline? You see, my role as a dad is not to be my children's friend. That friendship may develop as they get older, but when they're children, my role is to be their dad, to be their father, to lead them, to teach them right from wrong. And when we think about how God's Word explains all this, there's a passage of Scripture in the book of Ephesians. Now, the book of Ephesians is such a powerful chapter because it deals with not only how we should be great dads, but it also deals with the subject of how to be a great husband. And so one of the best gifts that you can give dads to your kids is by being a great husband to your wife, teaching your children how to love their spouse. But as we look at Ephesians 6, beginning at verse number 1, now chapter 5 deals with the husband-wife relationship. Chapter 6, Ephesians, deals with children and parents. Look at verse number one. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This is the right thing to do. And now for some people listening to me, this is earth shattering, right? That children should be obeying their parents. Uh, We are living in an upside down world in many cases where the children are raising the parents instead of the parents raising the children. But here it says, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. And then it says, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well with you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Verse number four, fathers do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So verses 1 through 4, Ephesians chapter 6, talks about the responsibility of parents, and very specifically, the responsibility of the dads. So I want to encourage you with this passage of Scripture. I'm not taking this Scripture and beating you over the head with it, but I'm encouraging you with what God's Word has to say as far as being one who produces godly children that grow up to be godly adults. Well, I hope this has been an encouragement to you as we've looked into God's Word and how we uh, understand that we are to have the same attitude that Christ has uh, for us, the same love that He has for the church, is the same love that we should have as fathers for our children. Well, just in the last few minutes of the broadcast today, I want to tell you about an opportunity that we have at Hickory Ridge Academy, which is a ministry of Hickory Ridge Community Church. We are looking for some wonderful staff members. We have an academy that goes from birth up through K-5, and uh, we just uh, are about to move into a brand new 8,500-square-foot building uh, that has eight really large classrooms in there, and this is going to house a part of our academy. Now, in order to do this, we need some really good staff. Uh, who have a vision uh, for, for blessing children, who have a desire to teach them the ways of the Lord. If you are interested in a position 
at Hickory Ridge Academy, I'm going to ask you to call a number. You can call 757-421-7500. 757-421-7500. You can ask for Sherry or you can ask for Jeannie. And they will be happy to tell you what is involved in working. And if you meet the criteria that we're looking for, if you have a passion for kids, we would love to have you as part of our team. Uh, We have a wonderful team that works with our kids right now. And so we're always looking for good people who love the Lord and love kids. So give us a call and uh, we'll bring you through the process of, of the application process and love to have you serving with us. It's a great place to work. I love our staff. They do an amazing job. It's a good environment to work with, especially if you love kids. I mean, our church is a a seven-day-a-week church. Uh, There are always things happening, always good things happening. So give us a call, 757-421-7500. And to all the dads listening to me, hey, thanks for being such a great dad. And as I think about the role of being a father, you have a tremendous influence over your kids. Do not diminish that influence. Use it for good. Use it for building up those children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.